Kendall Jr. the Boss Man Show. We're about to be joined by the George Mason Patriots head coach in his fourth season at George Mason. They're currently 71 and 18 in play, won 11 in the last 14 games, including five in a row. We're joined by Coach Dave Falson. Coach, how are things up there in Virginia, man? Things are great here, Jr. Uh, you know, feeling very excited about the progress of our team. We're stuck in a big snowstorm tomorrow, so we're you know gearing up for that. Uh, so probably not quite as warm as you have in Atlanta, but but we're doing great. I hear that, Coach. Now, Coach, I want to ask you, Coach, uh, what's been in your mind the key factors to winning these eleven out of fourteen, five in a row, and overcoming two big losses of, of, of guys who scored double figures who are now out the injury. So, how, how's it, how, how do you say your team's coming come, come together, and how you've been coaching your guys up in practice to get them to overcome this adversity and play well as they have so far? Well, you know, I would say this, this is my 25th year as a head coach. I've never had a group of guys who practiced harder. Um, you know, they've just really bought in um, really since uh, early December. And we came back from a tournament in in uh, Florida, and we lost two there to Cincinnati and Baylor, certainly good teams. And and we were sitting at two and five. And, you know, our entire team, they just rededicated themselves to practicing really hard and hanging their hat on the defensive end of the floor. And since that time, as you said, we've won 11 out of 14. I think we've held eight or nine teams in a row under 70 points, uh, really playing at a high level defensively. Part of it is we, um, we're trying to, you know, become a little more nuanced in our defensive strategy and rotations. And it took a little time for that to kind of take hold. So our guys bought into it. Uh, they, they started to understand rotations and, and the dynamic, and and they also stopped worrying about expectations. I think that was a big deal because early on we were expected to be very good, and you know we tried to score 12 points with one shot. We just had to learn to kind of you know take the game as it came and and and, and worry about one play at a time. I hear that, coach. Getting kids to not read those press, press clippings, coach, and read read their press about themselves, hear hear all the good things about them, and it, sometimes it bleeds over into being complacent. And to get a team to refocus in and relock in and just buy into the team system, buy into what you're telling them in practice, buy into the game plan discipline. I'll tell you, coach, that's a hell of a thing to do, coach, in this day and time with young kids, eighteen to twenty-two. There. Well, yeah, and I think with our guys, I don't think they were ever complacent. You know, I think they worked really hard in the preseason. But it was the first time since I've been here, it is my fourth year, where we had some expectations. And we played some really tough teams early on. Penn, University of Vermont were a couple of home losses, which you know are perennial NCAA tournament teams. We lost close games, but we were we were trying to play up the expectations. And I think when you when you worry about the end result too much, then you end up screwing it up. You just gotta worry about the process of of playing this possession as well as you can. And sometimes you can do everything right and not get the result you want, but you just have to keep, you know, doing the little things that help you have a chance to have success. And, Coach, like you said, non conference skills you played was pretty tough there, and I feel like that's really helped you guys. You're playing quality opponents, quality coaches, quality schemes, quality players. It's going to help you through the tough 18 as we go through February here and get into March for it when, when it really counts the biggest for you guys at the level that you guys play at. So I feel like that non conference skills really helped you guys out. Now, now, I probably fear for you, Coach, next year, guys might not want to play you guys because you were so good this year. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, it's a fine line in your non-conference schedule because you really want to challenge your team as much as you can, uh, but you also want to, you know, build up a resume and, and, and build some confidence. So we, we may have over-challenged ourselves 
in our non-conference schedule and, you know, a couple breaks here or there, you know, instead of being six and seven, we would have been nine and four. Um, but you are right by playing that level of competition and by playing a diversity of styles, you know, that helps help prepare us for the, uh, the rigors of Atlantic 10 play. And Coach, looking at your roster, Coach, it's like you have a good balanced roster, a good class balance there, a good mix of young guys and older guys. And I feel like that's going to really help you as well, too, in February and March, because those younger guys are going to learn. If, you, if a guy goes down, unfortunately, or if you're foul trouble, you can turn to a guy because, you know, you've, they've been shown the way that you got enough older guys on your roster to help show them how we do it. They're George Mason to play the right way, come in and keep, keep, that, keep that training going like you guys had it with, 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 with your main guys there. Yeah, it's been really great. You know, in fact, we when we lost uh, Gonar Mar, who was a sophomore, our most versatile defender, you know, double-figure scorer last year, um, we had a young man, Jordan Miller. He was going to redshirt uh, for us, um, but we lost Jair Greer and we lost uh, Gonar Mar. Both, you know, two six two guys are both six 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 seven, kind of played the same position. Well, Jordan had just worked so hard. He prepared himself. He was ready. Um, and so now he starts for us. So we went from being a red shirt. We took him off the red shirt. He played his first game at 14 points on the road at University of Rhode Island. And then he's been a starter for us. So, um, you know, and I think he was ready, but I think he also learned from the old guys. And, Coach, you know, and this is something I'll talk to the coaches about, too, and get your opinion on it. Being old and staying old in, in a great way consistently, at the, especially at the mid, mid major level, not the non power five level is really important because when you're an older team, you guys have been through those figures, have been through those wars, and when you get in a trim situation when it's not too big for them, or you get into a situation where you got to play up a high rated team, they're not scared of because they're older, they're developed. Because being 21, 22, they've been 18 and 19 years old, still developing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's huge, you know, and, and so in our first three years, you know, we were taking over a team and, and, and trying to rebuild the culture and trying to get the roster stabilized. And, and it took us until this year in our fourth year, as you said, where we have a mix. Uh, right now, we're only having one senior who plays, Otis Livingston, uh, because Jair Greer is out with an injury. But then we got three juniors, two of them start, one's our sixth man. Um, you know, we start a freshman, we start a sophomore, we bring two or three other sophomores off the bench a lot. Um, you know, we play three freshmen now. So, you know, we do. We're now, we would have been playing four sophomores, but one's hurt. So we're playing three freshmen, three sophomores, three juniors, and one senior. Um, and, and, and that's a good blend of experience and youth. Got there right, Coach. Now, Coach, I, I see that you play on NBCSN this Saturday at six thirty PM against VCU. VCU was a team that always in talk, talks for those tournaments, always getting that run of a, a, high, a great mid-major team. So, do your guys get really jacked up to play a team like VCU and what Coach Rhodes doing up there as well? And as we prepare to watch this game on TV on Saturday, what should we look for from your team? What should we look for in this matchup when you play those guys up there at VCU? Well, it's going to be a great game, and it's going to be a great atmosphere. And, and, and Coach Rhodes is a phenomenal coach, you know. And interestingly enough, we first met each other when we were both Division three head coaches, when he was at Randolph-Macon and I was at Williams College. You know, and so both of us are guys who kind of came up uh, and, and did a lot of different things as Division three head coaches. Um, he's putting his stamp on, on the program. Uh, they're going to play exceptional defensively. I think we're two of the better defensive teams in the league. Um, and so I think that's what you'll see. You know, you, I don't think you'll see a lot of 
easy baskets for either team. At least I hope you don't see any easy baskets for them. Um, and it'll be two teams you know, pretty you know, evenly matched, and a lot of it will come down to you know, who can do a better job um, you know, knocking down free throws, taking care of the basketball, and just come up with a timely defensive stop. Now, Coach, for our fans here across the country listening to the show out on our affiliate network here, could you speak to the quality of teams and coaches that's in the Atlantic 10 Conference? Because I feel like it's a conference not really noticed like it should be. You guys from NBCSN, but a lot of people don't really pay attention to your, your conference. I feel like you got a lot of great coaches like, like Coach Granite Dayton, Coach McCall at UMass. You, you have Davidson doing everything, Rhode Island as well. So just kind of speak to the quality of teams and coaches in the league for our listeners who may not be familiar with, with your league the way me or somebody else would be. Well, it is. It's a great league. Um, and, the, and the interesting thing is, okay, so you've got a lot of diversity in, in coaching backgrounds. So you've got Bob McKillop and, uh, at Davidson and Phil Martelli at St. Joe's, who will probably both end up in the Hall of Fame. You know, so you have Hall of Fame coaches. Um, but then you have some really good veteran coaches, um, you, you know, like um, Keith Dambrot at Duquesne and Mark Schmidt at uh, St. Bonaventure who, you know, just, you know, maybe are under the radar, but are phenomenal coaches. Um, you've got some, you know, great young up and coming coaches. Like you said, Matt McCall, you know, Anthony Grant, like you just have people who've been at all different levels. Um, and, you know, the, every game we play, I look at them on film. And I'm like, wow, this is a really, really well coached team. Um, you've got really good players, you know, who have a chip on their shoulder, who believe that they should be playing, you know, in the ACC or, or conference like that. And quite frankly, by the time they're juniors, are capable of doing that. And then the interesting thing about our league, we're 14 teams in our league. There's a variety of styles. So you'll play. Um, we play on Saturday at VCU, and we're going to see full court pressure defense, man to man defense. Nile defense, uh, just really, really good defensive team. And then we'll turn around on Wednesday and we'll play at the University of Richmond in the same town. And, and Chris Mooney's team, they'll play their matchup defense that has given teams fits for years. So just in the same city, in the same league, you're going to play two teams that couldn't be more dissimilar in their approach to the game. I think it's good, Coach, you have like a four-day prep and a three-day prep for both of them to get ready because, man, the, the, the contrast in those styles and go for matchup zones, attacking, denial, defense. I can only imagine trying to scout that and get that done and practice those days in between these games. Thank God it's not a Wednesday, Friday, Saturday or something like that where you guys got to be so back, so close to playing these both of these things back-to-back back back like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, by this point, and that is, as you said earlier, that is the benefit of – Having played a really good non-conference schedule, we've played against some full-court pressure defense. We've played against some matchup zones. You know, we've played against uh, different styles. Neither one exactly like how Richmond and VCU will play, but that will help us. And and uh, and that's where you got to have veteran leadership. And fortunately, we've got a really good point guard in Otis Livingston, a senior for us, and and that that makes things a little bit easier. Coach, got an easy one for you to go out there with, Coach. Easy, easy question for you. I know I told you off the air, Coach, Super Bowl here in Atlanta, so I want to get your prediction, Coach. It's going to be the Rams or the Patriots leaving Atlanta on Sunday night with that trophy. Uh, that's a good one. Um, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna go with uh, the Patriots. I, I'm going to go with Bill Belichick. 
um, what he's done. I'm not a football expert by any way, shape, or form, uh, but I love following coaches at every level. And his ability to have such consistently excellent teams through all the thick and thin of, of free agency and trades and injuries is, is really remarkable. So I'm going to give a slight edge to the Patriots in a much more of a defensive battle than, than we might expect. I hear that, Coach. Hey, Coach, I'm glad the Saints didn't come. I'm happy about that because, no, the Saints are our rivals, the Falcons. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Half of the Saints didn't come here, Coach. <laughs> uh, well, there's a lot of people in New Orleans that are pretty upset with those officials. But I've never once gotten mad at referees. So, you know, I, I can't share that sentiment. And if I you believe that, Chair, I've got some swamp land to tell you. I know, Coach, because I know if it's, if it's a blind charge call, you're going to be that referee is here. Come <laughs> on, right. man. He was there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Coach Paul, so we're going to head on the show, Coach. We'll be training for you guys at George Mason on Saturday on NBCSN. Me and my listeners here, Coach. Good to talk to you. Hope we'll talk to you again in March down the road, Coach. It's been great having the show. I love what you're doing with your team, Coach. Great. Best luck to you down down the road, man. All right. You take care. All right, folks. It's Dave Paulson on the Boston Show, people. All your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Hey there, your yard took a real beating this summer. Luckily, Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard has your back. Just feed your grass with Scott's again this fall when the air is cool and the soil is warm. It's the perfect time to give your lawn a boost. If you do, Winter Guard will give your yard the nourishment it needs to help weak, thin grass recover and support root growth, giving you a greener, more resilient lawn both now and next spring. Guaranteed. Grab a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard today. You'll be back to barbecuing in no time. This is a Scott's Yard. Hey parents, we all try to be extra careful with our children in the car, but then we get an important call or text. Remember, our children are watching. Make every drive a good example. Be in the zone. Turn off your phone. Visit childrenshospital.vanderbilt.org slash BITZ to learn more about our teen driver safety program. Brought to you by Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt, the Ford Motor Company Fund, and the Allstate Foundation. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student-athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. 
or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Coach, man, how's life treating you, man? So far, so good, man. When you when uh, you, you you won a couple in a row, and uh, you got a couple days to prepare for your next one, those that that preparation becomes a little bit easier. Your team's a little bit more excited to come to the gym, so things are all good here in Pittsburgh. I hear that, coach. Hey, you're seven and one, coach, in NEC play there, four game winning streak. So, what's been that key factors for you, coach, in your mind for this winning streak your guys are on and playing so well in conference so far? It's been the defense. You know, we really defended. We really made it so far. Home school, right? You know, during that four-game winning streak, I think we're holding team below 60s right now, and uh, everybody's coming in and giving that effort. We got we're playing about nine, ten guys, and you know, everybody's coming in, flying around, contesting shots, you know, moving feet, uh, communicating, and doing all the things it takes to make it really hard on your opponent to score. And that's really been the thing that's uh, allowed us to win these games here over these last four. And coach, speaking of non-conference play, coach, I feel like your non-conference skills really helped you guys build that callus to be good in conference play. I feel like you know playing that tough schedule you guys played gave you some challenges, gave you some different looks and some different schemes you may see down the road in conference play or down in March if you get that far and keep on winning games that way. So, is that how you feel about your team that the non-conference schedule, challenging as it was, gave your team that callus to be good as they are right now and continue to get better as we go to February and March here? Yeah, yeah, boss man, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think when you look at you know, obviously playing USC, playing Purdue, playing Louisville, those those are uh, big-time schools. But, you know, playing Missouri State, playing Canisius, playing Siena, playing Ryder, uh, you know, playing guys that, you know, if you make a mistake, they're going to take advantage of it. If you have a little chink in your armor, they're going to be able to exploit it. And, you know, I think that helped us learn. Sometimes it's hard when you're going through that non-conference schedule and, you know, you're giving tons of effort and you're not having all the success that you want. You know, I, we, were, we were mildly successful in the non-conference. There were a couple games that I think we gave away, but I certainly think that because of those games, we learned some lessons that have definitely helped us now that we got into conference play. You got there, right, Coach? And looking at your roster, Coach, I feel like you have a real experienced, balanced roster, Coach. And I think they'll help you out immensely because you are playing 99 chain guys. Guys are getting reps. Guys are getting live game action. Nothing beats a game action. You can put your time in practice, but getting on that game court is really good for guys, too. So I feel like the guy that you have a great roster, a great balance on each end of it. And do you feel like that same way about your roster and that, hey, Knowing the, what I have playing out training guys, if we get in foul trouble, I can turn the guy on the bench and still not miss, miss, miss one beat, keep, keep his training rolling and, and like we had it going. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, even even our guys that are sophomores, some of our guys on the young side, you know, they got a ton of experience last year. They played a lot. 
uh, all year. You know, a couple of those guys, Charles Bain, John Williams, they were starters as freshmen. You know, so they got a real taste of, of what this is all about. And now as sophomores, they do understand that they are more experienced. You know, we can take, you know, if a guy's not having his best game, someone else can step up. In conference play right now, we have four guys averaging in double figures. And so, you know, if someone's not making shots or someone gets in foul trouble, you know, we have somebody that can come in and kind of pick up the slack. And I think, you know, it's some, some of the teams in our league might not have as much depth. You know, they might have some guys that might be more talented at one position or another, but they might not have as much depth. And so, you know, it's certainly shown in a couple of our games, especially when you're playing a Thursday and a Saturday, you've got a one-day prep, you know, in a 48-hour turnaround where, you know, you're, you've got guys playing – 24, 25, 28 minutes where maybe your opponent had guys playing on Thursday night, 33, 34, 35 minutes. And now coming down the stretch of that Saturday night game, they might be a little bit worn down and not as fresh as your guys were because of the day. And, Coach, speaking at the mid-major level, I think something that I learned from covering the mid-major teams as I do, that when you want to get that right balance, you want to get old and stay old a little bit because when the older you guys are, when you get in a tournament situation, your guys 20, 22, 23 years old aren't all shocked like an 18, 19 year old guy for these high major guys who have these young guys who are talented, but uh, that older team can wear on them a little bit stronger, more developed. And, and knowing your system, the way you get there, will know the system, they can execute it in key moments and win those games in March, February there. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, there, there's, there's the physical aspect of it. There's also the mental aspect of it. Like sometimes you get, you know, some of the young kids and, and they get a little emotional, you know what I mean? They get a little bit uh, awestruck by, you know, a conference tournament type game where, you know, there's a lot of pressure on that game. There's, you know, a crazy atmosphere. There's, you know, a lot of things that play into it. And when you have guys that are a little bit older, you have some juniors, you have some seniors, you have some guys that can kind of be calming influences. It allows you to kind of play your game because they've been, you know, in those kind of environments. They've played under that kind of pressure before. And they know how to respond and they know how to prepare. And so, you know, it's, it's definitely some of our better teams have been older teams. Uh, this team we have right now has, you know, a good amount of experience. And then even the new guys that we have, you know, are pretty mature in the way that they work. And I think that that's, you know, allowed all of us to kind of come together and understand, you know, how you have to prepare game in, game out. If you want or not, go and prepare. Make sure you're taking care of your business each and every day on the court. Now, Coach, looking at your team stats, Coach, I'm, I'm, I'm a big stat guy. I see you got seven guys averaging five or more a game, three guys in double figures. You got balance rebounding, seven guys over two per game. So, Coach, this season, did you prioritize your team sharing the basketball, attacking the glass? Is two elements that you want your team to be dominating in? Because it seems like based on your stats, that's what you guys are doing every night out here. Yeah, we don't have a guy that – I'm not saying we don't have a guy that can go get 20, but we don't have a guy that goes get 20 every night, right? And so – you know, it's like, can we find the best shot for our team every possession down? And I think when more people are touching it, more people are scoring, they're energized. You know, and then obviously, you know, we, we talk about being able to, to rebound the basketball on both sides, defensively and offensively, as maybe the thing that can separate winning and losing. You know, if you're not giving your opponent an opportunity to get second chances, and then you're going and getting more and more possessions and more opportunities to score – you know, that can be the factor in, in deciding the game. And so our guys have really responded to that. You know, we've had games of, you know, two games of 18 offensive rebound games, a game of 17 offensive rebounds, where it's been almost backbreaking type plays to our opponent because you know, they might guard for 20, 25 seconds, give up a shot, miss it, and on the rebound, they get guard again for 20, 25 seconds. So, you know, those kind of plays like, don't always show up in the stat sheet, but they have a dramatic impact on who wins and loses the game. 
Exactly. You don't hear the stats that people don't really pay attention to. Those hustle points that people don't really pay attention to, Coach, are very key because, like you said, that attrition and mentally wears them down. I got to defend again. We, we did a have, we did our rotations right, but that, and we didn't get three bounds. So, like I said, you know, that has grass, like you said, Coach. It wears guys down mentally, physically. I see it every day when I, I'm with the Hawks or the Falcons. I see how they preach about wearing people down, the attrition, yep. making that, that extra hustle play to make, make your opponent tap out. So, like you said, that having to defend again for a whole minute, doing slides and rotations at a high level, it can wear somebody out real fast. Call them, call them the foul as well. Definitely. Definitely. And, Coach, you got a game this week with St. Francis at home, and you got a road game out on Saturday as well. So, Coach, what do you emphasize to your team this week to get ready for these two games coming up here in NEC play here? You know, we just got out of the gym a little while ago, and, and we talked about just continuing to put in our work each and every day. You know, I, I think our guys have worked really hard to get where we are at 7-1, and one, and I told them we're going to have to work even harder if we want to stay, you know, on the plus side, if we want to stay in first place, uh, because we haven't reached our ultimate goal yet, which is, you know, whether a regular season championship or getting to the NCAA tournament, you know, those are things that we talk about as a program. That's the expectation level for our program, and there's still a long way to go. So we can't feel satisfied. We can't feel like we've accomplished anything. We can't feel like we've figured anything out. We just got to keep working, keeping our head down, and keep working day after day after day. And then when all the dust settles, we'll pick our head up and figure out where we're at. But that, that was the today at practice. And, you know, can we make today our best practice we've had so far? Can we compete like we've competed in some of the past weeks in practice? So on Thursday night when we take the court, we know we've done all the things we can do to play our best game. And that's kind of been our message you know, all, all conference season and all year long. And uh, I think our, our guys have really responded well to it. Now, Coach, can you speak to the quality of teams in the NEC conference? Because I feel like a lot of people don't realize, like I do, about how good the basketball is in the NEC. Just kind of show our listeners a little bit about the coaches and teams in the league that who who are really quality teams that people might not hear about it on everyday basically. ESPN doesn't cover you God guys the way I will cover you guys. Well, you know, we got we got some really good – young coaches we got some really good coaches we got some really good programs in the nec uh guys like you know danielle marshall who played 13 years in the nba is the head coach of central connecticut state and he he gets dirt under his fingernails and he gets down and he coaches his guys and they get after it and you know Derek kellogg the former coach at umass is now at liu brooklyn and Bashir mason who's one of the youngest coaches in the country at wagner you know they won the last two regular season championships in the northeast conference and you know we have guys that are really really pushing their programs forward guys that are recruiting good student-athletes, guys that are giving them good plans and putting them in good systems, you know, and challenging them to become the best that they can be. And, you know, I, I think you've seen, you know, so many schools, NEC schools in the last few years, Mount St. Mary's, St. Francis, PA. You know, you've seen those teams on the national television competing against some of the best. You know, Mount St. Mary's two years ago was leading Villanova at the half in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, those are some of the things that I think people don't always, you know, equate with Northeast Conference basketball, but you know, it's a really underrated league. It's a, it's a, you know, we have some really good players in our league, some really good young players in our league that if they can continue to work and develop and grow and stay together and stay in their programs, you know, I think in the, in the next couple of years you'll really start to recognize those programs and more more general fans will start to recognize those programs. But, you know, every night as coaches when we take the floor, you know, we're going to be facing a quality coach team. We're going to be facing a team that's going to compete, you know, and that has talent and, uh you know, that sometimes keeps you up at night as a coach, but it also makes it a lot of fun to go out and, you know, compete against those kind of schools and those kind of programs. That's what I got for you. It's called Coach Off the Air in Atlanta. It's ball week is here in the ATL. So, Coach, who do you got this week? Rams or Pats, Coach? 
I got the Pats, man. I'm a, I'm a Giant fan my whole life, but I don't know something about the Pats this year. They look like they're they're playing that underdog role, and Brady's trying to get them uh, get 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 everybody to believe that nobody respects them, and I think they're they're on a mission. I hear that, Coach. Hey, I'm just glad the Saints ain't here, Coach. I didn't care who came was want the Saints. I didn't care. <laughs> you just have to you got a downtown hotel room. That's all you care about. You got that right, Coach. <laughs> you, you, you know the bigger picture here. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Hey, Coach, it's been great to talk to you. Man, we'll talk to you down the road, Coach. Have a great week this week. Hope you guys win those two games. We'll talk to you again real soon, Coach. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to do two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind, ENT. Believe in it, get it. A gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who is that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. Won't be single for long then. During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan, for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now. When you're a teen, you finally get to make some of your own decisions. Who are you going to hang out with? What do you want to be? Are you going to glance at that text while driving? Remember, a split second is all it takes for something tragic to happen. Be in the zone. Turn off your phone. Visit childrenshospital.vanderbilt.org slash B-I-T-Z to learn more about our teen driver safety program. Brought to you by the Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt, the Ford Motor Company Fund, and the Allstate Foundation. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer, all the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs Download the Amazon Music app today yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby, and it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby, 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis.
Boss Man Show, joined by Robert Jones of the Norfolk State Spartans, leading the MEAC right now, doing big things up there in Norfolk, Virginia. Coach Jones, how are things with you, man? Everything's good, man. Everything's good. I uh, hear that. Well, Coach, congrats on being 7-0 in the MEAC right now, Coach. You're riding that winning streak. So what has been the key factors for you and your team so far as you started MEAC play so hot? Well, uh, I mean, I think the kids got a, a pretty good focus. Um, I think that uh, they've been paying attention to the scouting reports and that they've been coming in with a focused mind. And then, you know, they've been pretty confident actually, too. So, um, you know, they these, these, these kids, uh, you know, whether they're crazy or not, they believe they could go 16-0 and, uh, you know, they're going with that challenge for themselves. You know, that's a, that's a, a tough, daunting task to do um, to defeat in the conference season. So, um, you know, I told them I just want to win enough games so we can win the regular season title, <laughs> you know, whatever that might be. If that's all 16, then it's 16. If it's 14, it's 15, whatever it might be. But, uh, you know, they really believe they could go 16-0, and the belief is uh, spreading throughout the team, and, and um, they've been playing with some great confidence. And, Coach, do you believe the non-conference skills really help you guys out? Because I feel like, you know, playing those teams you guys play, you know, at HBCU school, you have to kind of play for some money games and go out and play tough for the opponents to get, get that money for the school, raise money for the school. So do you feel like playing a quality opponents in different schemes and different kind of styles has really helped your guys toughen them and harden them up for non-conference, for the conference play you have in the MEAC right now, simply, you know, and hopefully spur them on to win every game it means you guys can. Yeah, I think that um, does. You know, we – we, uh, you know, we don't necessarily have to play like a lot of the the, the real high major teams. So this year we played uh, South Carolina and Michigan, which was very good teams. But we played a lot of a lot of quality mid majors that were predicted to win their um, tournament, and it was kind of on purpose. We wanted to see uh, where we stand against the best mid majors in the country. And we had a couple couple close losses to, to some teams. You know, we had an eight point loss or nine point loss to Ryder. We had um, uh, a nine point loss I think to uh, State, and then. Um, you know, we had another loss to, uh, uh, what's the team, uh, uh, offhand right now, but so many teams that we played, but we've had a, oh, Stony Brook, Stony Brook, which is like 16 and four right now. We lost to them actually twice, one by five, one time by five points, one by six points. So, you know, we were right there with some of the best mid-majors in the country. And, um, once we got into conference play, you know, we found some momentum after we got the, the big win versus UTEP over the Christmas break. You know, we found a little momentum and, and so far this year we've been undefeated. And Coach, looking at your roster, because you have a good roster balance of young, young, young and old, and then a little experienced roster you have, Coach. I feel like this going to help you guys immensely as you all go to February and March here, and can potentially make that run that your team wants to make. Because having guys who are experienced, having guys who can play, having guys who know the system very well, like like the church you're running up there in Norfolk State, can really help you guys when it gets tough and, and nitty gritty when you're trying to play against these younger teams who may not have have the knowledge how to execute in tough situations, make their right make their right play when it gets tough and tight in second half. There, so I feel like your team has the talent to get that the job done based on the roster that you have at the moment. Is that something you, do you agree with that assessment? I think that um, a lot of our key guys uh, returned from last year. You know, last year we really stumbled in the non-conference and we, we played you know pretty solid in the uh, the conference season, finished at eleven and five. But um, you know, a lot of those guys remember those experiences from last year and they, they dwell on it and they, they remember it and fueled a little bit, so they, they kind of learn with you know through experience with, with that situation. So, um, you know, now that we're in some games, even some of the conference games have been close. We you know we've been down ten at South Carolina State and Savannah uh, late in those games, and, and you kind of see last year you probably saw a panic on the guys' faces. You know, maybe a wild three or uh, a shot that they sh- probably should have taken. But this year, it was a lot more calm and just like understanding that uh, you know we're going to just keep chipping at it. 
point by point, and then we was able to take over those both of those games and win those games. So uh, I think the experience factor is definitely kicking in um, from last season to this season. And then with the new guys that we have, you know, they just learn from the old guys, so it's, it's a good thing. And, Coach, you know, at your level, I feel like it's very important – player development because a lot of the guys you get aren't the, the blue top collar blue chip kind of guys but you develop them over time and by the time they're juniors and seniors they could play at a high major level because of the player development program so I feel like the mid-major level is very important to develop your players in the summertime get the guys in the gym working on their games to grow them as players so they can be good for you for many years to come and by the time they're seniors and seniors hey you may take make a ride a wave and get, get into a tournament based on one guy's great development and great play there yeah, we, we take we take pride in our player development. Like we say, you know, um, everybody can't be an NBA player, but we want you to max out at whatever whatever you're going to max out at or whatever you can max out at. Some guys can max out at 20 points a game. Some guys can max out at rebounds a game. Some guys can max out at eight, re- eight points a game. But whatever your, your max potential is, we try to get it out of you by the time you leave here. And um, uh, so far, we've been doing a, a pretty solid job with uh, development of the guys over years. So, um, you know, we'll, we we take great pride in That's one of our recruiting tools, you know, um, a lot of different examples of, of players who passed through, and you know, we, we say, yo, this kid averaged three points this year, averaged ten, and then he, you know, first team all MEAC by senior year, and uh, we want to try to keep that trend up because, like you said, we don't go get the top fifty players in the country and just roll the balls out and just let them play. You know, we have to get guys who fit the system uh, and just try to keep making them better and better and better. Get there, right, coach? Looking at your team stats, coach, kind of speaks speaks to you what you're talking about. Is 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 like, coach, you got balance scoring across the board. Six six guys averaging more than eight points a game. You got two guys in double figures, long balance rebounding. Nine guys, pretty much two rebounds per game. So, it's sharing the basketball and attacking the glass. Two elements to shoot. And your staff really honed in on this year to make sure it's key factors for your team to go forward and win games this year. We always talk about sharing the ball. You know, uh, we look at our assist turn, assist uh, in, every, in every game and. Uh, Try to see what's the ratio of a field goal assisted, you know, and things like that. Um, you know, when it, when it's a higher percentage, we know that we're really sharing. The, when it's a low percentage, we know we were focusing the game a little bit. Um, so, you know, we try to make sure that we're sharing the ball and our dribble penetration spots and things like that. So um, we really hone in on that a little bit. Uh, but the rebound is something that I think that can still get better with us. Um, we've been doing a solid job so far, but I still think that it's better. Um, and you know, you're going to have to do down the stretch, especially if you want to try to win a MEAC championship. I hear that, Coach. The coach's preference is this week's game at Howard down there in D.C. What will be things you're focusing on with, with your team as you get ready for this matchup with Howard and you got this, this, this good time to prep for him as well? Yeah, I mean, I mean Howard is a, you know, a high-powered offensive team. Um, they have three guys who can really score the basketball. They have uh, two guys who return. And two guys that, you know, just that was last year, I, I assume. But, um, you know, they got three guys who, you know, getting 14 points or better uh, per game with, uh, you know, with, with R.J. Cole getting in the 20. So, um, you know, from an offensive standpoint, from a defensive standpoint for, for us, you know, we really have to be locked in and, and, and try to slow those guys. And um, from an offensive standpoint, we got to just execute and try to do what, we, what we've been doing to have success on, our, on that offensive end. I hear that, Coach. And then, Coach, uh, for my listeners out here, you know, I, I'm big. I'm, I'm very low to HBCU schools. I came with Tennessee State. I'm an HBCU guy. So, you talk to the importance of being at an HBCU school and coaching these HBCU young, young men to get these young men, our uh, young black men, a graduate education loan, teach them how to play basketball, teach them play in Europe, the G League or the NBA, if they're, they're that good. So, how important do you take your role of being an HBCU for our young black men as they grow up into, you know, being like us, established black men in, 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 our, in our careers? 
uh, I take great, uh, great pride and a sense of uh, responsibility with uh, with that. You know, um, not just being a basketball coach, um, you know, but but uh, but being a leader of young young uh, African American men. And one of the biggest things I tell them and uh, try to ask when recruiting them is that hopefully if you give us your child as a boy, we'll send them back to you as a man. We take great pride in that because um, you know it, it, most of these kids are not going to make the NBA. Now a lot of them do end up making a little bit of money, you know, playing overseas for a couple of years. So uh, there will be a lot of pros in a sense, but there won't be a lot of NBA pros when, you know, you're making millions of dollars and you can set your family up for life with uh, one contract, you know. Um, that hasn't, that's the case really. There, You know, there's a bunch of Kyle Quinns and things like that that come out of our institution. So we have to set these guys up to be valuable young, uh, young black men in society. You know, we try to do that through different life skill talks and, and just talk, just using the game of basketball because sports and life, um, you know, really uh, coincide in many different ways. So, um, you know, we try to use examples of sports that will relate in real life. For example, you know, I'm a real stickler about time, and I tell them all the time, you know, you know that the boat, when the bus is leaving at 5 o'clock, the bus is leaving at 5 o'clock, it's not leaving at 5.01, 5.02, or things like that. And some people haven't got left, you know, because we leave at, you know, exactly on time. But in the real world, you know, you can't keep showing them to your job late and expect to sure not be fired. So, you know, you better be used to being on time now. So when you get into the real world, it's going to be second nature to you to be on time. Yep. Hello. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm here, coach. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's just one of the examples that we use, and you know, that's just what we're trying to do. Now, Coach, also, far from my listeners out here who might not be familiar with the MEAC Conference like I am, uh, talk about the quality coaches in the, in the MEAC. You know, you have Savannah State down there with Coach Brad Broadnecks. You have Coach Ritter down there at Bethune-Cookman. So talk about the league in, in a whole, about how the league is just growing and the league is just getting better, the talent's getting better in the MEAC, and about the teams and the coaches. Because a lot of our listeners don't know about the MEAC the way I do. So can you kind of give them a little, little bit of taste about the MEAC from your, from your perspective as being a coach in the league there? Well, I think the coaches are getting better. The players are getting better. I think the overall league is getting better. I think that, uh, you know, just things that the league do, you know, itself is, is getting better. The MEAC tournament is getting better. It's been growing in Norfolk. Um, you know, I know a lot of people think that we have the home court advantage, but we haven't won it. We haven't won the thing there yet, so I don't know how, how much of a home court advantage we have with that. But it, it's definitely uh, growing. You can see the fans, you know, it, it's going from, uh, you know, a couple thousand people to now. You know, we played the semifinals a couple of years ago. It was like 10,000 people, and they almost sold out. So, um, you know, it's definitely an atmosphere that's, that's, that's growing with the tournament, and then the whole league is just expanding. You know, they got new uh, media deals, and of course, we took the ESPN deal, and then, you know, a lot of teams in the, in, in the league now have their own sneaker deals between whether it's Nike or Under Armour or Adidas, and when I first got here, you know, everyone had Russell, and sometimes people were clowning you by having Russell and things like that, but now everyone's legit, you know, shoe apparel company, so, uh, we're, you know, attached to it, so... Um, I mean, it's been doing, you know, tremendous strides since I've been in the league, and um, I, hopefully the league can keep moving forward. That's when I got off with Super Bowl Weekend Atlanta, Coach Super Bowl here in Atlanta, and we got it crazy going on. So who you got, Coach? Rams or Patriots, man? Uh, man, it's a tough one, man. I know it's hard to bet against Tom Brady, man. So, uh, you know, I, I'll just look. I'm going to go with Brady. I hear that, Coach. Every coach on the day said they're Brady. How about the Rams, Coach? Cause, no, no, I'm a Falcon, man. No, they, they took my Super Bowl from me back in Houston, man. So I ain't shook that yet. <laughs> I, I got had to come back in my backyard and win now. <laughs> That's right. I got you. I got you, man. I got you. I hear you. Hey, Coach, it's been great to have you on the show. Man, talk to you down the road, Coach. And good luck this Howard this weekend, Coach. We'll talk to you down the road. Tell Coach Brown, I said, what's up, man? Yeah, 
I will, man. All right, folks, this is Robert Jones on the Boss Man Show. People, Norfolk State Spartans here with us on the Boss Man Show. All right, folks, back here to join the Boss Man Show. We're joined by the Purdue Fort Wayne head coach. He's a coach who has ties to our area, the Atlanta area. Coach John Kaufman. Coach Kaufman, how are things up there in Fort Wayne, man? Well, I, I promise you it's, it's a little cooler than it is down there in Atlanta. Uh, it's, it's 27 yeah, degrees right. <laughs> right now in Fort Wayne, and it's supposed to get down to negative 10 on Wednesday. So uh, you put, I don't know if you've ever felt negative 10, have you? Yes, I did, Coach. Last year's Super Bowl in Minnesota, I sure did. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, it's, it's a little different from uh, my days growing up in Dunwoody and going to Marist High School. So, uh, you know, I love my time in Atlanta, and I'm, I'm excited for you having me on your show. And, Coach, you know, it's like I said, it's good to talk to somebody who has ties to the area because, Coach, like I told you off there, Coach, a lot of people come on the show, tell me about it, the traffic, the varsity, and the Waffle House. That's what, <laughs> that's what I usually hear about when I have guests on the show, Coach. I know those uh, three things. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right up my alley. Um, I, I, I love all three. Amen there, Coach. And Taco Mac as well. Another yeah. local thing here that I love, Taco Mac and Tim Lizzie's as well, Coach. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not on your show, but I'm I'm a big fan of Sweetwater 422. Hey, yes, you can, Coach. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, Coach. I'll tell you, it's all good, man. Well, good to have you on the show, Coach. Now, I said, Coach, I saw, I saw you. I saw your team, man. I saw you all making improvements. I want to have you on the show because I see you all a five and three. Some of the league players come off winning against Denver. Never had on Coach Bills on the show before as well. So, talk to me, Coach. What's been the key factors for your team this year in the summer league play? Being five and three, getting off this good start, and being a thick, thick of things with with South Dakota State, South Dakota, those teams like that in the league, Coach. Well, I I, I really like our group, and we have ten newcomers. Um, and so I know there's going to be continued growth as we go through. We, we got off to a hot start. We were five, actually four and oh in the league. And that included, uh, a 16 point win at home against South Dakota state, um, who was picked to win our league. And the two of us have been toward the, the, the top of the league for the last, uh, really four or five, six years. It's been South Dakota state, uh, Fort Wayne. North Dakota State, and in the last two years, South Dakota's had really good years. And so, you know, we've been up towards the top, but unfortunately we had a little bit of a run into some tough road trips and uh, ended up dropping a couple, but had a great Denver win on on, uh, on Saturday for our homecoming, which, uh, you know, kind of put us back on the right track. So love this group. We're led by two seniors, one of which, John Conchars, kind of on – He's on most NBA teams' radar. Talked to 17 NBA franchises this offseason. He's actually the, the only player in the nation uh, since 1992, and they kept all of these stats to have over 1,800 points, 1,000 rebounds, 400 assists, and 200 steals. Um, and he's having a phenomenal year this year. Uh, leading our in assists, second in rebounds, plays the point guard at 6 and he's averaging close to 20 a game. Um, and then we have another senior, Cason Harrell, who's from Pittsburgh, and he's having an all-league all caliber year as well, averaging about 18 points a game. And uh, you know, those two are leading uh, you know, in the scoring column, but also just 
by example with these 10 newcomers. But uh, you know, we're, we're top 20 in the country in scoring, top 20 in the country in, in three-pointers and assists. And so you know, we've got an explosive offense, and, and, and I really like we've shown some depth with some of these newcomers taking on big roles or bigger roles, and we've started getting some critical stops down the stretch. So I, I like our progress, and I, and, and I like where we stand right now in the Summit League. And, Coach, like you said, your progress, I feel like player development is so key, Coach, uh, for any roster, especially at the mid-major level because, you know, you don't get those blue-chip, top-notch recruits that Duke or Carolina gets. And so you have to develop your players, final downs and down in the rough, the Juco route, transfer route, a high school freshman coming in from high school. So and I feel like the newcomers offseason is going to be very key for these guys to develop in your system even more. Those two, two studs you have leaving after this year, Coach. No, no doubt. And, and, and both of them, ironically, uh, these two guys are both, we were their only Division One offers. You know, John Conchar, wow. we recruited him out of Chicago, and he was the leading scorer in the state of Illinois, but he was 6'4", 162 pounds. We redshirted him, added 45 pounds of muscle, and added more over his career, and now he's a fifth-year senior who uh, you know, weighs 215 pounds. Um, you know, Kaysen Harrell, our, our, our senior two-guard, you know, he didn't play at all on a team that, that won our league and then comes back his sophomore year after just working his tail off and his seventh in the nation and uh, three-point shooting. And, you know, these are two young men. We beat Indiana in back-to-back years. Two years ago, they were ranked number three in the country. Last year, we went down to Bloomington and beat them by 20 on the road. And, uh, you know, they're two guys that literally were under the radar, but they've gone to work and, and uh, you know, they can really play. And you're exactly right. Um, and I feel like we stole one out of Atlanta last year. Uh, Jared Godfrey from Sandy Creek is a freshman for us this year and uh, started a handful of games but plays a significant role right now coming off the bench. And I, I think he's going to be an absolutely tremendous player over his four-year career with us. Yes, indeed. Like I said, Coach, there's a lot of talent here in Atlanta. That's why the Peace Jam is so big and these other terms we have out there in, in Lake Point, all these – Guys come and see these guys play here because the talent pool is here is very large because Georgia can't get everybody, so Tech doesn't get everybody. So you got a lot of players here who, who get overlooked by Kennesaw maybe or Mercer maybe or GS, Georgia State maybe. They can all come out, all leave here and play somewhere like Fort Wayne and develop and be good for four years, get a nice degree, and maybe play pro somewhere, not in maybe over in Europe somewhere or in Asia. Right, right. Well, it, it- it's, uh, you know, we, we've gotten guys that are hungry that are gym rats, and we've got 17 guys signed pro contracts in my seven years here, and just really proud of the development that you talked about. That's something we've, we've taken great pride in, and uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I got a lot of my development stuff from my high school coach, Ron Bell at Marist High School, um, who in 1993 was the National High School Coach of the Year, and, uh, you know, uh, a great example of player development. I played with Matt Harpering in high school. That's my last claim to fame in playing is that I was a senior, Matt was a sophomore, and uh, and, and Matt, Matt was the third-string point guard that year. Uh, obviously, he developed a lot better over the next couple of years than I did uh, playing in the NBA for over a dozen years. But, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool watching these young guys just, just spend time in the gym and, and dream and work and, and just evolve. And uh, and then those, those guys that get on to play at the next level, that, that's pretty cool. 
Exactly, Coach. And I feel like a lot of young men who I go talk to different colleges around the area, I try to tell them, hey, every day you have to keep working at your craft to get better because there's somebody always going to be better than you. You have to chase the next guy. Always be hungry for the next best thing. Don't get complacent. Don't settle for what you are now. Try to be better the next day. Live every day as a new day to become a better person, a better player, or better whatever you do. Use each day you have to become better and learn something different to make yourself aware of the individual going forward in life. It sounds like you've been hanging out in my locker room. I like it. <laughs> I may have, Coach. You never know. I, I'm not going to be anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on. I, I appreciate it. And uh, uh, I got to get down there. I need to get down there uh, actually as soon as possible. I got to get out of this cold weather for a little bit. Now, Coach, when you come to recruit here, well, I know you will come. I'd love to have you come here to Northside Drive, where I'm at right next to our studio in Midtown Atlanta here, and come come in studio with us. Twitch on the live stream. Have the fans of Fort Wayne see you in studio with me and my staff, and we have a great time and just, you know, talk Fort Wayne basketball. Let's talk life and just talk ball, man, because I love doing those things, Coach. I, w- I would love to, and I know with your Orlando ties, we've had seven first-team all-league guys from the state of Florida got three on our roster right now um we uh we definitely can talk a, a lot about southern hoops we've we've done very very well in fort wayne with some southern guys now coach i'm asking coach now for a guy from florida like myself or atlanta how do you sell a guy on the cold because i know if, for me it was hard to go to tennessee state because i was used to being in florida but I realized I wasn't going to play UCF football-wise. I was going to get on the field before my junior year, and I wanted to play. So I went down a level to FCS, Tennessee State, and got to play right away in Nashville. Now, it doesn't get – it gets cold there, but not cold as it gets in Fort Wayne. So how do you sell a guy on the cold from Florida like, like myself? Well, the difference between the route you went and, and what I'm get, trying to get players to do is that, you know, we play basketball, which, uh, which is all indoors. And so you're not having to face that that sort of issue of, of cold weather playing. You know, also the, the Summit League last year was ranked as high as the 12th best league in the country. Um, and so you're getting mid-major, mid-major plus basketball where, you know, you go into, you know, the, the, the state of Florida and even into Georgia where you have the Atlantic Sun. It's, you know, kind of a little bit of a notch above from top to bottom in the league. And, uh, or at least some of the perception or the RPI in the rankings. And so, you know, you get to sell that, that next level of basketball between, you know, the Horizon, the Summit, and the Max is some of the best mid-major basketball, you know, in, in the country. Um, you know, the other part is, is, is I don't know if you've ever been to Indiana, but we're a little bit basketball crazy up here. We got Very nine, much so. Oh, uh, nine of the largest high school gyms in the country are in Indiana. I got two assistant coaches uh, that played at Muncie Central, all right, which is the – that's the school that was in the championship against uh, Milan in the Hoosiers movie, and it was the big school. They seat wow. 7,000 seats in their high school gym, and that's the 16th largest in the country. I recruited a young man from Newcastle High School last year, which is where Steve Alford played, and they, they, they have over 10,000 seats in their high school gym, and they pack it. I got to call ahead to make sure I get a reserved seat when I go watch a high school game in the state of Indiana because they'll sell out four to 8,000 seats. So there's just great enthusiasm. And, and you know, our guys, they're, they're, on the, they're on the nightly news here. 
uh, we'll have two to three TV cameras in, in our, uh, in our, in our practice gym every day when we get into league play, you know, we're on TV every game, you know, there's a great bomb. When we, when we played Indiana at home two years ago, the year they're ranked number three, we sold the game out in 45 minutes and that's 12,000 seats. And we played in the old Detroit Pistons. I don't know if you knew this or not, but Fort Wayne is the home of one of the original NBA cities. Uh, the, the Detroit Pistons yes, started in Fort Wayne. And so we just got a great tradition here, and people are basketball junkies. And so, you know, we really sell the basketball part of it uh, to our recruits and, and the guys in the South. And the other thing is for those Florida guys we got, uh, the nice thing is is they got that Allegiant Air for $60 a direction trying to get the, you know, the snowbirds down there to Florida. And we just use it in reverse direction to get mom and dad up to watch them play. Yeah, Coach, I was in Indianapolis on New Year's Eve with, with the Atlanta Hawks. So I was just there because uh, I don't know if Derek tells you or not, I, st- I also work with the Hawks for the, on, on, a, on a day broadcast doing on the, on the radio side. So I'm with the Hawks and Falcons always. So Indiana Pacers fans are always wild. The field house is always going crazy up there. So I enjoy this one of my favorite trips of the year going into Indiana to see how the fans in Indiana always chill on their Pacers no matter what. I'm, I, I'm a, I'm a diehard Hawk. Falcons Braves fan and uh, it was really cool I was I was blessed during my time at Marist that uh, Mike Fratello's kids were in uh, in high school with me Bobby Kremen's kids were in high school with me um, you know a number of the uh, of the uh, uh, coaches for the Falcons their kids uh, were in high school with me and uh, you know actually this is a big week for for my high school showcasing in Atlanta. Sean McVay, a Marist grad, is uh, bringing his Rams down to Atlanta. It's going to be a pretty cool weekend. And, Coach, I hope you cheer for the Rams because that's where I am. Because, Coach, I can't cheer for a Saint or a Patriot after what happens in Houston and what the Saints do to us all the time. I got you for the Rams. And, and Coach Wade Phillips and Sean McVay, you got to, Coach. <laughs> uh, no doubt. No doubt. You know, and he gets he gets all this credit for being uh, – you know, great football coach. He he was a heck of a football player himself. He was player of the year the same year that uh, Calvin Johnson came out. That's that's pretty oh, good wow. representation. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Coach McVay. Now, Coach Coughlin, I'll tell you what, man. I hope you all beat South Dakota this week. And Oral Roberts, I love the energy coach. I love the sweet me. Like I said, we're on the same language, the same plane. I mean, we are Georgia guys, man. This is, this is exciting, man. So I look forward to having you on the show again, Coach. You've been a great guest. Hope to get you in studio here in Midtown Atlanta when you come to town. So, Coach, when you come to town, look, look me up. I'm going to text you out off, after the show here so you can have information. Hopefully, we can get a link up from here real soon, Coach. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on today. Thanks, Coach Coffee. Have a great day. Talk to you real soon, man. All right. Thanks. Take care.